Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Vernomatic Productions. Are you ready? Live from the Metal Mayhem Studios in Rochester, New York. We are gold. And heard around the world by metalheads just like you. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. Heavy metal music. Your weekly dose of metal music. Interviews, album reviews, news, and more. Want to be part of the show? Send us a message through our website, MetalMayhemROC.com. Or hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Search Metal Mayhem ROC. A proud member of the Pantheon podcast team. It's getting nice and heavy. Now, welcome our hosts. John the Vernomatic Verno, and direct from New Jersey, Metal Walt. Good evening, everybody. As always, Thursday night's new content drops. Tonight's episode, we're here to talk with vocalist Jeff Allen of Witch Slayer, the heavy metal band from Chicago, who in 2023 properly released its first ever album, something that was in the works for over 40 years. Jeff joins Metal Walt and myself to talk about the history of the band, the new release, and the continued plans for 2023. Walt actually caught the band live in concert in Chicago about a month ago at the Legions of Metal two-day concert. There was the event where Metal Church played the first show with Mark Lopes. The Rods were there. Witch Slayer played. Um, and there was like a whole lineup of bands. It really is a cool story, man. You know, he tells the story about how the he- Witch Slayer was there at the same time of Metallica's demo. They're there when Slayer was coming out, Anvil, um, Early Maiden. I mean, they were right there. He shares this cool story where he had the opportunity to submit a demo tape to Hetfield, James Hetfield of Metallica, when Metallica was looking for a vocalist. Uh, let's see, tell stories about um wh- what happened when Witch Slayer opened up for Accept and Wolf Hoffman exactly wasn't the most courteous um, tour mate. And just um, stories about going to California and seeing Metal Day at the US Festival. It really is a fun story, so stick around for that. That's coming up in just a second. If you're new to the Metal Mayhem ROC show by finding us on the Pantheon Music Podcast Network, welcome, and we invite you to get up to our website, MetalMayhemROC.com, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. This is the chance for us to stay in touch with you, give you alerts about new podcast episodes, new YouTube interviews that we do. There's a lot of them dropping, like every couple days we have something new up there. Monday nights, we have a live radio show on Metal Devastation Radio. So that's your one-stop shopping. That's MetalMayhemROC.com. You can also find past episodes. Let's see. Last week, we had uh, the Hell's Disciple reunion show with Satan, Night Demon, and Haunt. Don Jameson, a couple weeks ago, the heavy metal comedian, he was on talking about the state of bands in 2023. 
and uh, Brian Diamond of MTV. He was a content producer. He was on talking about cool stories from MTV back in the day. And we started the summer off with Bobby Blitz from Overkill was here talking about the new album, Scorched, the tour that just, just started. So he was talking about that. So there's a really a lot of good content up there. Again, that's MetalMayhemROC.com. All right, so let's get into this. For Metal Walt, I'm the Vernomatic. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. Good morning, everybody. As we tape this, it's a balmy Saturday morning in July. Metal Walt and I are having our morning coffee, and we're here to talk with Jeff Allen of the band Witch Slayer. They're from Chicago. They have a long, rich history. We're here to find out the story and find out what they're doing in 2023. But first, Metal Walt, how you doing, my friend? Good morning, Verno. I'm great, man. I got my coffee. I got my Cubs hat. And hopefully <laughs> Jeff's a Cubs fan. We'll see what happens. Well, let's get Jeff Allen from Witch Slayer. Jeff, welcome to Metal Mayhem ROC. How are you, my friend? Right on. Good. Good, good. Hey, Jeff. Good morning. Good to see you again, man. It's been about a month, and that was a killer night, and I can't wait to talk a little bit about it a little bit later. So, uh, listen, John and I, we've had a couple of, like, feel-good stories of the year so far in our shows, right? And I think you mm-hmm. you complete the trifecta. Maybe there'll be more to come, but I think you complete the trifecta um, of, let's say, bands that like unique stories or unsung heroes. Uh, we had a, a Norwegian band called Wigwam early in the year, they kind of lightning struck twice with success. And then uh, we had the 80s band Heaven's Edge on recently, and they put their first album out in 25 years because the label came to them instead of uh, writing an album. And I think for you, it's just the same. You know, you're a band that, you know, really cut your teeth in the early 80s, and then you went away for a long time and you brought it back. So it's just a fascinating story, and we want to hear all about it. So uh, congratulations on the album. I have a question to ask you as we open. Okay. okay. The original logo, that logo goes back to the 80s, correct? Like, who designed the logo? That goes back to when we, uh, yeah, we, it goes back to early 80s, and it was the drummer's brother, Don Clark. And he was at that show in Chicago, but um, Don was an artist and he drew that logo. We just went with it and sort of, sort of worked. And, when I brought the band back, I thought that was a nice statement to put that on the cover. Nice shout out to the '80s metal scene. Oh, it's a, it's totally killer. I was imagining uh, my my uh, teenage boys they play roller hockey in an organized league, and I said, "How great would this be? This would be the perfect logo to put on a nice black jersey." <laughs> <laughs> and he named the team Witch Slayer. And then we, you know, I figured there's about ten or eleven kids on the team. I coach it. We'll take each of the songs, and there'll be the names on the back. What do you think, Jeff? You up for that? I want down for now. I think it'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it happens, definitely you'll get the honorary captain's jersey if we get you one. But uh, anyway, we want to just say hi and uh, welcome you. So welcome to Metal Mayhem RC. How are you today? Good. Glad to be here. Thank you. Jeff, let's uh, we want to go back to the the beginning of the story, let's say, you mm-hmm. know, John and I have uh, we've we've really read up on the story of Witch Slayer and how it all started. And of course, the most important thing is the present. Right. And we're going to get to that later. We want to talk about the new album and all the songs really get into it. But I think it's important now for for you to talk about the origins of the band. So tell us when it formed, who was in there and 
that period of time for you? Well, we we all grew up in uh, the Chicago suburbs, the Northwest Chicago suburbs. Um, and there was a bunch of us that went, there was a couple high schools. There was a high school called Forest View. And our rivals were Elk Grove High School. And uh, funny is uh, James Eha, the guitarist from the Smashing Pumpkins, went to Elk Grove High School. And, uh, and then there was Prospect High School, another one in our area. And the guys from Warcry, outside of Paul Speckman, went to Prospect High School. And then I went to Forest View. Speckman went to Forest View. Uh, the guys from uh, Rust went to Forest View. So we were all, all these rock guys in the same area. And one night there was a party. There was uh, some people were selling their house, right? And the kids, one of the kids, threw this massive party house party at this in this empty house and i had been in a uh, garage i was like 19 at the time and i'd been in a really bad garage band but i was getting my feet wet as a lead singer and uh, so i go to this party everybody i knew that was in bands was, was at this party and there was an open mic in the basement so i ended up grab you know gravitating towards down towards the basement where the band was and uh i knew uh Speckman, he was on bass, and uh, they and there was a couple other guys I knew, and they're like, "Come on, Alan, get in there and sing. We know you can sing." So I was like, you know, I, there was a, a kegger going on, and I had a couple beers. I was like, "Sure, I'll jump in there," and we just started rattling off, uh, you know, doing like some Sabbath tunes and priest tunes, you know, just just having a good time. And once we were done, these two guys approached me. Uh, this one guy, Craig McMahon, and this other guy, Tom McNeely, and they had, you know, the biker jackets, and they had uh, all these guitar pins on their lapels, and you know, the whole 80s metal look. And uh, they're like, man, you're a good singer. We need a singer. We're forming a new band. And uh, what kind of music are you into? And I was I was a couple years older than these guys. You know, they were probably 17. And, and I was like, oh, I'm into the 70s music i like van halen and i like acdc and stuff they're like well we're we're going all new wave of british heavy metal you gotta you gotta get into those bands you gotta start learning those songs uh you ever hear of angel witch i'm like no and then <laughs> they're like why don't you we rehearse in this guy's basement why don't you show up and uh next wednesday or whatever and we'll go through a couple songs and you know we'll see if you like it or not so i show up and 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 uh we did Paranoid and, you know, and then we're in this guy's basement, Ken Wentling, the drummer, and it's like all the lights are dark and they got their girlfriends there sitting out in front of, the, in front of us watching us. And, um, so we did a couple of songs. I'm like, yeah, these guys are pretty cool. I think I think this would be fun to do. It's, it's better than the band that I was in. So, uh, you know, I gave it a shot. And that's that was the, the birth of Witch Slayer. So when you guys cut the demo, I, I mean, it's dated 1983. Uh -huh. yeah. Like, like, how old were you guys? When the band formed in 1980, I was 19 years old. So, um, and then we went through a few versions of the band. Originally, um, you know, we had five guys and the two, this guy, Tom McNeely and Craig McMahon, and they were getting along. And then we tried a, a couple other guitarists over time. And uh, so I went with Craig. I thought Craig was the smarter of the bunch. 
It was me and myself, Sean McAllister, who I was friends with. He lived on my block. It really was Craig and I who who just went off and, and re- reformed Witch Slayer the way we wanted to see it. So uh, it was initially Sean, Craig, myself, and then the Dale Clark, who we found in the uh, entertainer ad, and we brought Dale in. At some point, we decided we needed a demo tape because back then, you're at the mercy of the record labels, and you had to shop a demo tape to get a deal to record an album. We had uh, a couple songs we wrote with the original band. One was I Don't Want to Die. The other was Witch Slayer. And between Craig, myself, Dale, and Sean, we had written a whole set, a whole set that we could perform live. So Craig had met this guy from this studio called Streeterville, which was a pro studio in the city. And we got this guy, Steve Casile, who was an engineer, pro engineer, and he decided he'd take us under its wing and help us put a demo together. And he had a home studio out in the suburbs. And so we uh, showed up at his house. And over the course of a weekend, we put together that five-track demo. And uh, we used that to uh, get on Metal Massacre 4. Yeah. We, had, we had gone out to Los Angeles and just cold called Brian Slagle and said, Hey, man, we're Witch Slayer. We're from Chicago. We, we went on your next Metal Master compilation. That's how that started. But we used a demo as a tool to do that. I picked up on something that I wanted to show you. And this is why mm-hmm. I knew it was destined for you and I to speak, because this was up on your Facebook page. This was probably one of those college right. fanzines or whatever, where they used to play metal. I went to this college and graduated from there. Talk about no. irony. Yeah, I graduated awesome. there in 1993, Montclair State College. It's about 20 minutes up the road. And and I, I came in a little bit later. I started school there in 89. And when mm-hmm. I was there, there was no metal station. I mean, we have a metal station out of uh, Seton Hall University. You may have heard of it called WSOU. It was one of the biggest ones back in the day. Mm-hmm. But um, still pretty cool. But I think what's awesome here, and John and I looked at this, is look at the company you're in on this right oh, yeah Aiden, oh, yeah. and merciful fate queens raven i mean a lot of these bands we've had on our show it's really uh really kind of cool what uh gets me is metallica you know they had a they were they had a demo we had a demo we were even at that point in time you know i i just it kills me when i see that but yeah a lot of, it's it's made in merciful fate you know I thought we were un- heading in the right direction when I saw that. Yeah. Now, Chicago, you know, the main radio stations would not touch metal. They just wouldn't touch metal. And when Metallica really started to take off, I saw Metallica in Chicago at a bar. And I actually, funny story is, um, you know, there is these groupies in Chicago, and I think one of them was hooking up with Cliff uh, Burton. And she had all their phone numbers, all of Metallica's phone numbers back then, because they were all kids. And there was a time when they were tossed around bringing in a lead singer because Hetfield really wasn't comfortable being a lead singer. He just wanted to play guitar. So this this gal, I'm not going to mention names, but she's like, you should go in or you should go uh, try out for Metallica. And I was like, no, no, I don't think that's going to work. I don't think I'm a fit. I don't think our sound is right. They're San Francisco. I'm Chicago. They're really heavy, really aggressive. I, I just think we're going down different paths. She's like, so what? Just 
call him anyways and try it. So I, I, I called James Hetfield from my parents' house one day. And he's like, who, who is this? I, I goes, well, I'm Jeff Allen, a band called Witchslayer Chicago. And such and such gave me your number. He's like, oh. He goes, well, we're going to be in Chicago. Uh, give me your tape when we're there. We're, we're going to play this club. And uh, and they were they were uh, touring for um, Kill Em All. And so the day of the show comes, I had my tape, and then I just backed out. I didn't give it to them. I was like, they're too heavy. They're, the radio's never going to play their music. They're they're just, you know, they're just way too ahead of their time. And I remember being in that club. There was like 50 of us, and Metallica comes off their tour bus, just walks in and with the look at, they wanted to kill everybody in the bar, <laughs> yeah. and they just they just fucking destroyed the place, man. But um, you know, to see their success today is stunning. It's absolutely stunning. Now, the, on the Cliff of All videotape back in the day, they had that famous Chicago clip where oh, yeah. people, people from the crowd pulled Kirk's guitar into the crowd. I was at that. Hey, rumor have, has it is you and Dave Clark were the ones that pulled the guitar into the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was right there. I was I was a few people away from that. That was that that was an insane show. That was Raven. They opened for Raven. They were on yep. Johnny Z's Megaforce label. Yep, yep. Doing doing a tour with Raven. Hey, Great. before before I let uh, Walt get back, I just have one question. You mentioned Chicago. And through show research, you have a history, your family being involved with the studio or uh, the uh, union of uh, roadies. Did you have a chance to see that very first Van Halen show at the Aragon Ballroom, March 78? Yeah. They used to call that the Aragon Ballroom. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was at that show. Uh, it was They were opening for Ronnie Montrose, who was solo. He had put out the Gamma album yep. and Journey. We were playing with opening for Journey, and there were, they, Van Halen was an unknown band at the time. They had they had uh, the Kinks cover on the radio, and that was taken off. And uh, I had no idea who the hell Van Halen was, and I heard that they had to set up their own stage. They had to carry their own shit in and set up the stage. And that band came on, and I saw Eddie Van Halen like a young Eddie Van Halen and David Lee Roth, and they were just killing it. And I was like, who are these guys? You know, that guitar player kicks ass, and that singer's great. And then they, the, the last song was Girl, You Really Got Me Going. I'm like, oh, that's that band that's on the radio. And then after that, Van Halen just exploded. Well, but Van I was like, I was at the right age at the right time to see all these bands in their, in their prime. It's awesome. Well, VH1 came out a week earlier, late February 78. It was released and this show was uh, early right. March. So great show. I was a, uh, I was probably a junior senior in high school oh, uh, when, lucky. I, when I saw that. Hey, we, we, Jeff, this is an important part of your history and we don't want to gloss over it. But uh, as you said here, this is what prompted the demo, the five song demo you get on to uh to metal blade which is awesome and i was just looking at that little college clip and it, it's funny that you were above well, it looks to be metal massacre three so it must have been your demo was out it got picked up and here you are on this one but again mm -hmm. some good company on here too i mean you have your chicago mates trouble on this one and of course lizzie borden here so talk yeah. about this time i mean was the intention after this maybe experience 
Was this when you guys were going to maybe expect to go out and do a whole full LP? Was that the path planned? No. Well, that's so we were sort of open. I mean, we were a bunch yeah. of kids just fumbling through this. We're, you know, we didn't have a manager. But, um, you know, we just, we, you know, we knew Brian Slager was doing Metal Massacre. We knew Metallica was on the first one. We went out to the Us Festival in 83 to see the Metal Day. And uh, that was our first time out in L.A. And like I said, we just cold called Brian Slagle and handed him our demo to get on Metal Masker. And we didn't know what to expect from that. Um, we, you know, he's like, and you know, we, we, he's just like, give us a, ma- give me a master of whatever song you want. And, you know, we'll include it. And, he, and then at the time we were talking to him, he's like, I've heard about Chicago. It's got an upcoming scene. There's a bunch of bands there. I was thinking of dedicating Metal Masker 4 to the Chicago scene. You know, he put five bands on there. Um, but uh, I didn't know what would come out of this. But, and, and Craig and I were talking. We're like, well, let's give this guy our shittiest song. We don't know. You know, we're going to lose rights to this song. And uh, and we don't know what's going to come out of this. So let's, you know, and which was a mistake. We should have given him our most killer song. But we gave him I Don't Want to Die, which turned out to be one of our hits. You know, it seems like people like that song. And especially when we play now, like we played in Germany, we played I Don't Want to Die. The crowd just, you know, fists went up. Everybody was like, they knew that song. So, well, it's got a, that song's got a little bit of a, it's got like, it's different from the rest of the material, a little bit of a punk feel to it, a little bit melodic yeah. there. So I, I could see like, uh, you know, and it has that the the riff and the vocal kind of uh, mimic each other. So I can see that being a catchy one. I think it was a good yeah, choice. I, I didn't like it early on, but it's grown on me over the years. I I, I like it now and sort of. And I think when we did this with this latest version of Witch Slayer, we we modernized it up a little bit, made it a little a little more heavier. So, so, so Jeff, just an observation of something you just said in there. So you attended the Metal Day at the '83 uh, US Festival. I did. Wow, yeah. that's awesome. We had Gil Moore on about a month ago. We interviewed him specifically for their re-release, an LP that they're putting out or they put out now. Um, and that was a great conversation, too. And he he told some amazing stories about uh, that day and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Amazing story. Maybe you wouldn't even have known. Triumph flew in from, what was it, Florida? Tampa. They played a, they played a show in Tampa the night before with ZZ Top. <laughs> flew across country without his drums, played the show, and him and Rick Emmett left after the triumph set, never saw Van Halen, and got in a plane, and were back in Toronto by the next night. Oh, geez. Yeah. Uh, t- uh, triumph did a, great, did a great set that day in uh, California. Um, in a, on, the, on our Facebook page, there's a picture somewhere of Mick Mars and myself and Craig, and that was the night before the US Festival. And it was uh, three in the morning outside the Troubadour and on the Sunset Strip. And we're all, we've all had a few beers at the time, but uh, that's, <laughs> that's cool. out there. <laughs> you can run hey, across that. Hey, Jeff, how <laughs> close, uh, where were you in that crowd? How close did you get to the front? And was it really like was, 200 degrees? It was hot. Yeah, I was uh, up front, maybe 10 people from the stage. You know, we were there all day long. I mean, the opening band was Quiet Riot and then Motley Crue. And we were big Crue fans back then. We wanted to see them. This was like their first big show. And then Ozzy and Priest, we weren't going to miss all this, you know? Yeah. So uh, we were out there. War Cry was with us. And um, 
Yeah, um, we just sat there all day up front. It was hot um, for for like a week. I was blowing uh, dirt out of my nose, you know, and it's all this dust in the air. But it was, it was a great day. And, you know, I'm a big music fan. And the day before would have been a good show to see as well. It's, it wasn't metal, but David Bowie played and U2 and a mm-hmm. um, bunch of really in excess, a bunch of great new wave bands would have been cool to see as well. A uh, c- couple weeks ago, we had Brian Diamond. He was a content producer from MTV on the show. And he was so, all Jeff, involved we definitely with that. Want to get into Him and Mark the, the Goodman doing the MTV um, stuff. Finish but out he the was story, mentioning like, that day before. What happened? Um, that day before show. You know, it seemed and like everything not, was going um, in the right direction. David Bowie and, and awarded one the interview. clubs after the demo before and the, the show, massacre thing. And they like, had one question. You know, what, what, what went and wrong? Brian and, then, and Mark Goodman what happened had that question. There? And they were uh, talking about, I don't, I don't recall what the question was, but it was a two-parter that Brian was very... Excited that they finagled a two-part question and out of one question, but he was talking about that in that uh, David Bowie was added r- after everything was booked. The organizer Wozniak said, "Ah, let's get David Bowie," and um, they had to offer him a million dollars plus another half five hundred thousand to fly his whole crew in, which resulted in Van Halen getting yeah. another, but you know, million uh, half a million. So. That's what Van Halen got. They got a million dollars just to play that gig in, in 1983. Uh, I've, I've heard speculation. I'm a big Van Halen fan, and, you know, they're all hammered, and I've seen them do better. The Scorpions, what was your assessment of the Scorpions versus everyone else on that show? I thought they kicked ass. I, I've seen the Scorpions a handful of times, and every time I've seen the Scorpions, they have delivered. Yeah. I saw them on the uh, in Chicago. There was, used to be this thing called Chicago Fest years ago, and I was in high school and I went to see Chicago Fest. And they had I don't know if you've ever been to like Summerfest in Milwaukee, but they have multiple bands playing at the same time. <laughs> and you go and it's on a pier in Chicago, and you go up and down the pier. And at the time, like on one stage, Cheap Trick was playing. On another stage, Muddy Waters was playing. And then on another stage, the Scorpions were playing all simultaneously at the same time. And I went and saw the Scorpions. I didn't know who they were, but they had that album uh, with the bubble gum on it. Guys grabbing her boob and the bubble gums on his hand. I think Love, Love like, Drive. Love Drive, yeah. Love Drive. They were supporting the Love Drive album, and they played the entire album, and they yeah. destroyed the place. There, there was maybe 500 people there watching it. But it was like, this band is awesome. And after that, the Scorpions took off. And I, I saw them a couple more times, but every time they just destroyed. They came out and they just played. They delivered. And they did that in California at the, uh, at the uh, US, Festival. US Festival. Was Michael Schenker with them when you saw that? No. No. And it might have been his brother, Rudolf Schenker. But, uh, but no, that was uh, after Michael Schenker. Schenker didn't last with them too long. I know he was all over Love Drive. I just wasn't sure if he toured with no, them or is that when Matias no, started touring with them. So I never saw Shanker with uh, the Scorpions. Walt saw Shanker last uh, last yeah, uh, winter back in back in the uh, back in last autumn. He he waved to me from him. his Cadillac Escalade as he was driving past and didn't roll down the window to even take a picture. But I've seen him solo. Um, I would have liked to have seen him in the UFO days. 
Wonder if that was that was the town. But. Wow! I never actually saw Michael Shanker solo. I think I saw him with Macaulay Shanker back in the eighties on one of those tours. And I've seen the Scorpions many times, going all the way back to the uh, blackout era. We're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, Metal Walt's gonna get down to the bottom of what exactly happened to Witch Slayer for them to disband back in eighties. You're listening to Metal Mayhem ROC with Jeff Allen of Witch Slayer. We'll be right back. Metal Mayhem ROC. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. So, Jeff, we definitely want to get into the, the tracks, but um, finish out the story. Like, what was happened? There a, um, Jeff, was there a, you know, a scene it seemed like, like everything you know, was going so in much the right in direction Chicago about and, and the I'm north side, you were hitting up the, the south side, after the demo like, and the metal mask. Was there thing. actually like, like a scene you know, what, in what, what one section or the other? Like, what happened what was, from what there? What was it like? Well, a bunch of things. Um, you know, for once, for one, when Sean left, we, we had to find mm-hmm. another basis. We had this big gaping hole in our band. And so we went back to the Illinois Entertainer, and we found Rick Manson. And Rick was from the South Side. We were all Northsiders. And Rick was uh, a little more aggressive with his music taste. He right. was into the hardcore thrash punk. He liked suicidal tendencies, that kind of stuff. We were more into, you know, the new the British heavy metal Tigers, Pantang, Saxon, Angelwish, that kind of stuff. And so so Rick brought a real scary element to the band. Real intense, heavy uh, influence. And and Rick was also going through hard times, you know. Um, so talk about Jeff. I mean, the most important he, thing now you know, is bringing us for, up to the for present. While, so, living in our, you know, thank record, you and appreciate the really our, killer our in-depth backstory, and, but you know what what you know, goes on for the last 35 the years like you, obviously you have another career you know, i tried to include him did as well you guys album, like did you reach you out know, so to the original members that. and say hey i want to do and this then, thing again uh, and like how did the whole thing transpire you know the drummer you know have his girlfriend there every time and she'd be getting in the way of all our shit you know it should be 
walking around fiddling with the drums kit while we're rehearsing and I'm plugging shit accidentally and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, and then we were just, we were getting to that point, you know, we were like getting into college age. We were 21, 22, and we had to make some decisions, you know, are we going to go down this path or what? And, um, and I, you know, I just think we had been together four years and, uh, I think we're just getting on each other's nerves, you know, being in a band's like being in a marriage and, yeah. uh, you're, you're living with each other. You're basically tied to the hip and your, your life, your livelihood's tied to each other. And, uh, I just think things, you know, we just, we just weren't getting the breaks, you know, the, the labels were, were telling us we were too heavy for prime time. Uh, we almost got a deal with Johnny Z and that fell through. Um, when we're getting radio airplay, uh, you know, we were, we were starting to, you know, we were building a following, no doubt. When we didn't show, it would be packed. Um, but, uh, you know, when we, the last draw was we were supposed to open for accept on the balls of the wall tour at the Chicago Metro. And they just, their roadies came out right when we arrived and said, get the fuck out of here. We don't want an opening act. You know, and uh, there was nothing we could do about it. You know, they said, "Here's here's the money. Now get the fuck out of here." We're we're like, if this is how the business is, we really want wow. part of this. And what we should have done is just told them to go fuck. I mean, they were a bunch of older guys. You know, we were a bunch of we we're in our early twenties. These guys must have been in their thirties. You know, like five groupies come out and just surround us and say, "You're not playing." And and we were haggling it out with them, and they're like, "If you get on stage." You have to set up your own shit. We'll give you one one speaker and one light, and that's all you're getting. And in hindsight, we should have said fine and just taken it and gone up on stage because the place there must have been two, three thousand people in that place, and a lot of them were there to see us. And when that happened, that was sort of the last straw that sort of killed the band. And uh, we, I think we just all needed a break at that point. Was there a Jeff? Was there a, a scene like you know you hear so much in Chicago about? the north side, the south side, like, Nathan, was there actually, like, a scene in one section or the other? Like, what was, what was it like? Well, there are a lot of south side bands that didn't mix with the north side bands. Um, Snow White was one of them. Um, mm-hmm. Tyrants, Tyrants Rain, you know, the drummer we pulled for the yeah. Gabriel Anthony, he was part of that south side scene. And the south side was, you know, an hour from where I lived. I never went to the south side unless you knew it it wasn't the best place to go right um and uh and you know and so jeff all of the musicians of that, the north that side, are and visually here on the back and that played at the reggie shows it, either all chicago-based musicians like was a city band trouble was a city band we eventually became a okay. city band because we moved our uh rehearsal space into the city and that that changed venues people we met which was good. But yeah, North, South Side, definitely two different scenes. So talk about Jeff. I mean, the most important thing now is bringing us up to the present. So, you know, thank you and appreciate the really killer in-depth backstory. But, you know, what, what goes on for the last 35 years? Like, obviously you have another career. Did you guys like, did you reach out to the original members and say, Hey, I want to do this thing again. And like, how did the whole thing transpire? Multiple times, multiple times. When we broke, and another reason why we broke up is 
two of the guys wanted to move to California because it seemed like the scene was in California for, for bands. That was the industry. I had no desire to move to California at the time. I got into tech. I got into an IT career. It was, you know, in the beginning of that whole industry. And I was, had a knack for that kind of shit. So I, I went in down, down that path. Um, and that was one of the problems. I had a backup plan. I was able to get into college and get a career and yeah. make a living. Um, and it seems like the bands who are really mega successful had no plan B. You know, it's, it was become a, a successful metal band or, or That's nothing. That's amazing that you um, carried the spirit so anyways, two of the guys original band LA members. Or you didn't stray too far from out. home and you kept in musicians, some of them which were still I back kept in the in track scene with all these guys. That I knew maybe you rubbed elbows with or your friends and with or at least they were familiar with you. So That's the sweet spot um, of the whole story, man. I, I, I just think going. it's totally killer. I was like, guys, Vern, we Vern, put together a bunch of songs. Then right Enough off the bat, two songs that I labeled songs. very Chicago doomy, Crypt and Dixon. And another you know, song why, that I wanted to that um, on the table. Why probably that stuff? one of my favorites, and I'm probably and we butchering the title, to Augury. Um, um, opening so, riff is just downright you know, evil. A couple of guys would be interested. <laughs> so, um, rallying comment on those three songs. Get them together. I'd ha I had Zoom meetings one time, and... You know, I thought we were all going to pull it together. And then, you know, we're getting ready to start recording. And one guy just drops off. Never hear from, you know, bails on me. And then uh, another problem was Craig got into filmmaking. <laughs> all right, what's up? He's always been a creative guy. He's, he's always had a wife who supported him, lets him do his shit. And, uh, and so he got into filmmaking in the, uh, about 20 years ago. So he, you know, the only reason he was interested in a revival was so he could fill and make a documentary out of it. And but then he backed I, This was a pleasure so that, to listen to this. Part. I listened to it like three and or four at times. The time I was and in as Tampa, I'm driving and around Clark, listening to it, these, well, this is my interpretation. To, this is some bands that I hear Witchfinder General in a lot of these I songs. I definitely hear Angel Kevin Hayborn's vocals. It just brings me back to there. I hear some Anvil. The, uh, I don't know if you're a fit. Yeah, like the and really the comparison to Rob Reiner and Lips. And then he started what song did I have that on there? Um, like, Anvil, uh, Salem and, uh, Trials, Killer so Riff. The drums sound had, like Rob Reiner. Chicago. Um, I have to use Chicago musicians or else it's never going to sound the same. Yeah. And if I'm going to bring back the band and I'm going to record an album, it's going to be put under so much scrutiny. You better do it right. And you know you better not do a half-assed job of it, or else it's going to be a disaster. It's going to trash the name. So, Jeff, all of the musicians that I, that are visually here on the back and that played at the Reggie shows, either all Chicago-based musicians, then correct? Uh, we're talking about them. that. My notes for the song "Seduction." Chicago, anymore. heavy, okay. not trash, but I, downright heavy. I consider heavy. myself a native Chicago, and I mean, I spent 35 years of my life there. Um, so, but I, you know. There's this distinct sound that, that came out of Chicago. Yeah. It's a doomy, gloomy, real heavy, Sabbathy sound. That's and, my notes. I have it on there. I said, you know, if there's one song that there's going to be a must fit happening for that not one. Get, you know, as far as a musician goes. <laughs> the title track, so, definitely an opening song. Chicago, so, yeah. Great. Get right um, in there. Slows down in the middle. That, and then the jamming guitar Damian is Ford. just priceless. 
back the, in I the love day, the style you know, that, I remember you know, that was something we were from back then as well. Our, it was like studio, you had the name of the band and then the lead track and, uh, was also the same name. Mandat walks in so it's on like, the blue. It was like on great a point, Walt, Great night, point. Jamming out. And here's this little guy. Yeah. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? And it turns out it was <laughs> Ken Mandat from Damien Thard. And uh, so we, you know, we became friends and just stayed in touch on Facebook and one day I was talking to Ken and telling him all the challenges I was having trying to get reunite this band and, and put out this album. And he's like, well, fuck it. Just, why don't you and I do it? We'll just do it and we'll do it right. Get it done. And Ken was on the same page yeah. as me. So that's when this that's revival started. That's what yeah, really is. I've, I've been spinning it. It's funny, Jeff. I, uh, I have to be honest. I had never really heard of you guys until I knew I was still back in the work scene trip. Then to Chicago, I said, "Maybe you rubbed elbows with or your friends with, or at least they were." And I like the logo on Reggie sign. To be honest, I'm like, "Let me see I read the backstory. I bought the CD, and I've been spinning that thing constantly. Vern, Vern, what are your daughter? She's like, "Oh, come on, Dad, another one of the bad. She mixes up Slayer and which label, but Slayer is a cool word in the nine-year-old's. They love that word, so she's like, oh, "Tell all the guys." And another song slay. that I and wanted I'm like, okay, to, I'll make sure um, I do a shout out, but uh, probably <laughs> it's one uh, of my favorites. It's, and it's I'm a killer album, man. I mean, even like like a song Augury. like "Hang 'Em High." It's got um, that opening riff chorus is just, just right with, evil. Like, repeating it in my head all day <laughs> so, long. Um, comment on those three songs. Yeah, I know. Um, those are Craig McMahon riffs that he put together, and, and Craig is a little out there, you know. Uh, Let's put it this way. Today, Craig is uh, running a uh, a psychic YouTube channel where he talks to the dead. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what's up? So, he's out there, <laughs> and he always had a demented uh, view of life. A, uh, some really yeah. crazy shit has happened to that guy. Uh, so, but he just had a uh, state of mind that was great for writing really evil, wicked songs. You know, and. Uh, I, this was a pleasure to listen to this. I listened to it like three or four times. And as I'm driving around listening to it, these this is my interpretation. Some bands that I hear, which and, and Jeff, I just want to reiterate when I, I say I hear, hear a certain band watch. in these songs. Uh, Kevin, it, it's a compliment. Back then, it was hard to hear to other there. bands. I hear you know, some bands. You know, there's no radio unless you yeah, had the album. Yeah, yeah and, like the, you know, you were kids. The, I don't know what kind of money you had. Rob Reiner and Lips. Yeah, so it wasn't there. Um, it wasn't like you had all these Andrew, bands at your uh, fingertips like it is now. Killer it was just riff, the drums. It was a pleasure like to Rob listen Reiner. to. It brought back a lot of memories, um, and um, I'll definitely keep it in my rotation. It may be my uh, metal with that. Sound. Yeah, th that's what I meant. Um, because I love all those Metallica bands. Stole their their sound from Anvil, um, and you know a lot of the yep. early metal. You know, I, I don't remember thrash metal until some of these like and Anvil came around. And that real, that real uh, speedy guitar riff that Lips would put out. Uh, we're talking about that. My notes for the song Seduction. Heavy, not thrash, but downright heavy. You think it's, I, I would think if any song's thrash, it's, it's the chorus of Seduction. Because we speed it up. Jeff, you know, I had a couple like questions because I want to talk a little, doing, a little bit about the Reggie show just, um, as you know, well. But um, that's my notes. Album, I have it on there. I said if there's one song that there's going to be a number one was for it's that one for the the eleven songs <laughs> yeah. around the album. Is that it? Is that all the, the songs title track that, that you guys definitely have an opening in the song or are there others? Great, or, and get right in did there. Did you actually stay hundred percent true? 
to and the then demo, the, jamming the guitar music, the lyrics, and everything? Or did you kind of make style some that, you know, that was something from back then as well. It was like you had the name of the band, and then the lead track was also the same name. So it's well, like... Great point, Walt. Great point. We did that because Angel Witch had Angel Witch. And yeah. we were a big Angel Witch fans. So we're like, oh, we got to write... That was, that was our first song we ever wrote. You know, the guitar players were 16, 17. I was <laughs> probably 19. And I remember Tom McNeely comes in and he's like, what do you guys think of this riff? Wank, dink, 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 you know? <laughs> and we're like, yeah, cool riff. And uh, we just built a song around it. And we just said, let's just call it Witch Slayer. It'll be our you know, our angel witch. And, yeah. uh, and we've That's kept it ever since. It really is. I've, I've been spinning. It, it's <laughs> funny, Jeff. I... Uh, I have to be honest, I had never really heard of you guys until I knew I was coming out for that work trip to Chicago. I said, let me who sees who was on the bill. And I like the logo on the Reggie sign, to be honest. And I'm like, let me see this. And I read the backstory. I bought the CD and I've been spinning that thing constantly. My nine-year-old daughter, she's like, oh, come on, dad, another one of this. Like she she mixes up Slayer and Witch Slayer, but <laughs> Slay is a cool word. And the nine-year-olds, okay. they love that word. So she's like, oh, tell the other guy tomorrow, Slay. And I'm like, okay, I'll make sure I do a shout out. But uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's a killer album, man. I mean, even like, like a song like Hang Em High, it's got that catchy chorus and it just yep. sticks with you i keep repeating it in my head all day i long. was going to be one of my questions because i That's, think the album yeah, is just good enough I've always, and we've always listen, wanted i was like at that catchy, show in the crowd and hooks, i'm curious to hear your lyrics. impressions of the reggie show we didn't want to be somebody i'm not, like I'm not gonna lie man you guys just, went on at seven you know, o'clock balls that room was jamming on her the energy miles an hour. was slamming and i don't know if it was a local thing and but be able to remember the birds to, to play more and shows and if they and listen make some to the album music, for a while and they come see ass. us when those choruses hit their fists are going up in the air because they know the freaking chorus yeah you know they, they know what's coming and it, it's an art to writing music that's that's the challenge and you know we're the guys want to write a second album now follow-up and i'm like well if we're doing this you know you guys you gotta you got to think hooks. You got to think catchy lyrics. You know, I'll, I'll work on the lyrics, but you guys, from the guitar standpoint, you got to think of a hook. You know, it's it's, it's got to be memorable. And, and Jeff, I just want to reiterate when I say I hear a certain band in these songs, it, it's a compliment. Back then, it was hard to hear other bands. You know, there, you know, there's no radio unless you had the album and... You know, you're a kid. Mm -hmm. I don't know what kind of money you had. So it was. Oh, I didn't have any money. Yeah. So <laughs> it wasn't It wasn't like you had all these bands at your fingertips like it is now. It was just, no. it was a pleasure to listen to. It brought back a lot of memories and um, I'll definitely keep it in my rotation. It may be my. I appreciate uh, that. Yeah. yeah. Th that's what I meant to compare it because I love all those bands. Back then, unless you used to hang yeah. out in the record stores and a lot of stuff we listened to were imports. Yep. So we had to go yep. to particular record stores that had imports, but you couldn't listen to them. You had to buy them and bring them home, man. You know, and it's just, you're, you could only buy so many. It was usually word of mouth. I got a new accept because Trouble brought in the uh, the album that the, the Flying Vs are on fire. Reckless, Restless and Wild, everything is gone. And that's how I heard accept. I didn't never knew who accept was. It's because Trouble brought in, we listened to it, you know? So... Jeff, I had a couple like questions because I want to talk a little bit about the Reggie show um, as well. Sure. But um, the album, did you guys, A, number one was for the, the 11 songs that are on the album. Is that it? Is that all the songs that, that you guys had in the canyon no. or are there others? Or, and did you actually stay 100% true yeah. 
to the demo, the music, the lyrics, and everything? Or did well, you kind of make some because Red Eagle is from my neck of the woods? Uh, only uh, from the guitar Jeff, aspect. And, and to be um, honest, and this was no knock on you know, them because we made they, this album, their set had, was good. It was had full of demo, high energy. We had two live you know, legs. The room cleared out really rough. when you guys were done. And, and maybe uh, everybody needed a little break. It was tiring. You needed another beer, bathroom break. But it was definitely not the same energy in the room for Spread Eagle. So I should say something about it. Now, it was the case in... The we're also pretty good friends with Ron Holzner. We had him and Carl on the show earlier in the year as well. Lead. So for me, this was I, I a killer night because I got to see you guys meet way, you. That was the first show with Mark say, Lopes. You can't tell Mike at, uh, metal else's so I think else's it was a pretty important exactly night for metal. So, um, you know, a lot I of great things happened that night. He kept it pretty much true to form, but when it came to leads, he pretty much did its own thing. But the music is pretty much as is. That, uh, you know, there are a couple other songs we excluded from the 80s, and there's a handful we wrote after we broke up. Craig, Craig and I got together at one point, we wrote five songs. Or, <laughs> you know, there's there's some good songs there. Um, so we still have about another half an album yep. that okay. we could produce, uh, but it would take also okay. writing from this new band, which I'm willing to do, but I, I want to make sure if we do do that, that we keep it true form to witch slayer uh which is going to be a challenge but i'm willing i'm open to it i was so. going to be one of my questions because i think the album is just good enough and listen i was at that show in the crowd and i'm curious to hear your impressions of the reggie show but i'm not i'm not gonna lie man yeah. you guys went on at seven yeah. o'clock that room was packed the energy was and slamming, I think I and I don't know if I it saw was something a local that that thing, show was filmed for you guys a, owe it to yourself uh, a documentary. To, to play more shows and, and make some more music, yeah. man, because you guys kicked ass. Well, um, you know, this guy, Bob Byrne, who's the promoter of the Legions Festival, this is like the fifth year he's done this. And uh, every, you know, when he heard we were recording, you know, right off the bat, he's like, hey, you want to do my festival? And I'm like, we're not ready, we're not ready, we're not ready. And then when we, and we were targeting the Keep It Tr True Fest in Germany as the festival we wanted to play. And uh, we finally were ready to do yeah, that. that's great He's that like, you'll have archival you know, footage from the Reggie show. Why don't you guys play my next festival, man, if you're going to Keep that, It True? So. We said, sure. I said, but I told him, I go, we're doing your festival. I want a prime slot. And... I want it, you know. I want to be one of the headliners. I don't want to be just oh, trust you know, us. support Posers will die. Local Chicago bands. I said yeah. <laughs> we put a lot of working into this. Oh, yeah. How was it? How so was it received like, in no Germany? Problem. You got it. The, uh, and, and at one point, I thought we were going to open for Metal Church and Legions of Doom came in and pushed us back. And then the uh, what was it? Spread Eagle. They're a touring act, so they got they got ahead of us as well. And yeah. Bob's like, "Well, we'll put you on at seven. That's the prime spot to tell you yeah. the truth. That's I mean, look at that night. room. It's if you awesome, wait any longer, you know? everybody's going to be shit-faced, and it's not going to be the same. And so I was like, fine, whatever. But, you know, there was a lot of people that were too young at the time when we were playing to get to see us. And so they showed up. They got to see us this time around. And uh, so I was happy with the Reggie show. It was cool. It is what it is. You know, Reggie's just the metal bar. I had never played that bar. And, uh, I thought it was fun. It was a good time. And it was also good that we did Germany before we did Chicago. But um, yeah, it was nice. It was nice to come back and play a show in Chicago. But I will say the crowd is, the scene is a bit different today than it was back in the 80s. Back in the 80s, it was a little, how do you do, a little how, more intense, felt a little more dangerous. 
Uh, just speaking about your voice, uh, more, had you been singing for the last 30 years in you know, some way or form? Or? It's funny <laughs> because uh, Freddie down. is from my neck of the woods, uh, Jeff. And and to be honest, and this was no knock on them because they their set was good. It was full of high energy. But, you know, the room cleared out when you guys were done and maybe everybody needed a little break. It was tiring. They need another beer, bathroom break. But it was definitely not the same energy in the room for spread eagle so that should say something about no, it no uh, nah, it, it was the case and uh we're also pretty good friends with ron holzner we had him and carl on the show earlier in the year as well so for me this was a killer night because i got to see you guys meet you that was the first show with mark lopes fronting the mic sure, at uh sure. metal church yeah. so i think it was a so. pretty important night well jeff i think it's uh, it's been a great you know, hour so, happen, man. we really got the lowdown yeah. on the history of the band i was happy when they, yeah from, i was happy uh, back then um, and up to the you know, present and i'm glad i was part of I it got to see i've you always at been Reggie's my harshest critic we make Even this connect and bring day, it on to our listeners and it was a great conversation and i only hope the best for the album i hope you guys do get out there and play some more shows and we could see you again and hopefully have you back Again on the show. So, <laughs> and I, before I go, I wanted I to tell you with, I chatted um, quite a bit at Reggie's I, I think with I've your, got great brother. I sat next to him, me, and I, I think my voice night, is still holding and, uh, he up. And he was really adamant later. to make sure that well, I, I made a promise to him to get you on the show. The so please um, say hello to him for me. So I was happy. <laughs> you know, we, we showed we gave we gave a new generation a view, a, a firsthand view of what eighties the eighties metal scene was like. And all those guys like Nitro, Eric Wagner from Troubles. I knew those guys. I hung out with those guys. So we're like some of the. We talked to Ron Holzner about uh, of that era, maybe you know? getting a, because he yeah. said they're going to so, book a gig. Hopefully, it was nice to be able he to said that. this year, maybe and at I the think same I heard, um, I saw something that that kind of like a Reggie filmed just on a for smaller scale. A, uh, a future he said that was Eric's home away yeah, from was. home in yeah, New York. This thing, and they wanted I, to bring I, the band. I did an and I'm telling you, man, this is some film company. If I hear anything about it from Eric or you do, man, you got to jump on that bill because that's film on the punk scene that got on Netflix. So. They got this coming up, and uh, they they interviewed <laughs> Eric Wagner like a month before he died. Um, they interviewed Sean McAllister. They got myself. Uh, I'm not sure who else they got in there, but it should be an interesting do- uh, documentary. It's, it, it is cool that they're doing it. So, yeah, and it's great hey Jeff, uh, where can people get your product? Find out about your band? Are you on Twitter? Yeah, I also gave them. Uh, somebody came up with some video from a show we did in 1983 with thrust so there's some of that on there as well okay yeah. well, thrust, the- uh, posers will die yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> Jeff, how was it how was it received in germany the uh the, the keep it true i thought festival. it was i thought it was pretty good i mean we it was in the another afternoon show, you know. We were the third. Well, band we'll put on. all this up on the show and, notes uh, and direct people through our channel. That so is a great. All right. Well, hey Jeff, uh, thanks for the talk. It was metal, great going down heavy metal memory lane. Time. You I mean, know, we're cut from the same awesome, cloth, you know? and um, yeah, and I, you know, I just do have one question out, though. I have a 24 year old son that is a diehard, diehard Green Bay Packer fan. He just he just wanted me to say, "Go pack, go!" Okay, we went in. That room filled up, and people came in. Oh, and packed. And uh, that was my first. Oh, but we're up here. We're up here in Bill's country, and, uh, and I'm a Miami Dolphin fan. So, so. Only on front of <laughs> five thousand. But all serious, all kidding aside, thank but, you, uh, and uh, best of luck. It my was friend. phenomenal. I mean, everything was top notch. It was very pro festival when they put it together. Yeah. And uh, I yeah, really it was, enjoyed it's it. It's great, Jeff. And, uh, I, you know, we'll on, talk again. We'll see each other again like for sure. 
Just speaking about your voice, um, had you been singing for the last yeah, 30 too, years Jeff. in some weekend, way or form? Or how did that well, uh, go down? Just I don't know, Metal for Life. Thank and, uh, you for listening to Metal Mayhem I, I, I ROC. Check out our website like at MetalMayhemROC.com no, for information interest. on podcasts, archives, links to all our live so, radio shows, uh, and all sorts of info. Please you know, like, follow, and share up. with everyone, Some even your non-metal friends. It's, it's not, and always remember to keep it heavy. When I was 21, but I can still carry it, and I think I'm a little more smarter when it comes to being a musician and and writing music and you know i just look at it from a more mature approach sure sure so well jeff i think it's uh it's been a great hour chatting with you man we really got the lowdown on the history of the band from uh back then and up to the present and i'm glad i was part of it and got to see you at reggie's and we make this connect and bring it on to uh, our listeners and it was a great conversation and I only hope the best for the album and hope you guys do get out there and play some more shows and we could see you again and hopefully have you back again on the show. So, and I, before I go, I wanted to tell you, I chatted quite a bit at Reggie's with your, your brother. I sat next to him the whole night and uh, he was really adamant to make sure that I made a promise to him to get you on the show. So please say hello yeah. for me. <laughs> I will, Steve. Yeah. Um, and I would like to bring this band outside chicago i would love to bring it to the tri-state area at some point and not sure where we play but i would love to uh play the east coast and maybe bring it down to florida and whatever we talked to ron holzner about uh maybe getting uh because he said they're going to book a gig hopefully he, he said this year maybe at the saint vitus bar in brooklyn which is kind of like a reggie's just on a smaller scale because he said that was eric's home away from home in new york and they wanted gotcha. to bring the band. And I'm telling you, man, if uh, if I hear anything about it from Eric or you do, man, you got to jump on that bill because that's the sweet spot for you. Well, I tell you, we will play other shows if we're asked, if we're invited. No one's invited us. So, <laughs> but if they asked us, uh, I'm sure I could rally the other guys and do it. Uh, but, yeah, I would love to play out uh, in uh, the New York area, New Jersey area. I think that'd be great because I know we have fans out there. So. Hey, Jeff, uh, where can people get your product, find out about your band? Are you on Twitter? We have a Facebook page, uh, Witch Slayer Metal. Uh, it's on Facebook. You can find it. Uh, Bandcamp is where you can find our album. Okay. Sonic Age Records, uh, company out of Greece. Uh, we're selling the album on our Bandcamp page, but you can get it through San uh, Sonic Age, which is out of Greece. Um and that's pretty much it. Pretty pretty low budget operation we we got going on here. So, well, we'll put all this up on the show notes and direct people through our channel. So, all right. Well, hey okay. Jeff, uh, thanks for the talk. It was great going down heavy metal memory lane. You know, we're cut from the same cloth. And um, I I just do have one question though. I have a 24 year old son that is a mm -hmm. diehard diehard Green Bay Packer fan. Lawrence Trubel. Yeah, he just he just wanted me to say go pack go okay no, well, there's always somebody now uh, like hey, anywhere I'll see the goddamn Packer jersey no, but we're up here we're up here in Bill's country and I'm a Miami Dolphin fan so, so, I, so. so but all serious all kidding aside thank you and uh, best of luck my friend thank you it's been a pleasure talking to you guys and it was uh, well, it was great meeting you in yeah. Chicago when you were there 
Yeah, it was. It's great, Jeff. And uh, I think we'll we'll talk again, and we'll see each other again for sure. Right on. Thank you. You guys enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for talking. Yeah, you too, Jeff. Have a great weekend, buddy. Good. See you. Metal for Life. Thank you for listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. Check out our website at MetalMayhemROC.com for information on podcasts, archives, links to all our live radio shows, and all sorts of info. Please like, follow, and share with everyone, even your non-metal friends. And always remember to keep it heavy. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com. Code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.